0: Chapter 9. It was early evening in the following day by the time they arrived at Rashid's house. We're in De Mazong, he said. They were outside on the sidewalk. He had her suitcase in one hand and was unlocking the wooden front gate with the other. In the west part of the city, the zoo is nearby and the university too. Miriam nodded. Already she had learned that, though she could understand him, she had to pay close attention when he spoke. She was unaccustomed to the Kabuli dialect of his Farsi, into the underlying layer of Pashto accent, the language of his native Kanduhar. He, on the other hand, seemed to have no trouble understanding her Harati Farsi. Miriam quickly surveyed the narrow, unpaved road along with Rashid's house was situated. The houses on the road were crowded together and shared common walls with small walled yards in front buffering from the street. Most of the homes had flat roofs and were made of burned brick, some of the mud the same dusty color as the mountains that ring the city. Gutters separated the sidewalk from the road on both sides and flowed with muddy water. Miriam saw small mounds of fly-blown garbage littering the street here and there. Rashid's house had two stories. Miriam could see that it had once been blue. When Rashid opened the front gate, Miriam found herself in a small unkempt yard where yellow grass struggled up in thin patches. Miriam saw an outhouse on the right, and a side yard, and on the left, a well with a hand pump, a row of dying saplings. Near the well was a tool shed and a bicycle leaning against the wall. Your father told me you like to fish. Rashid said as they were crossing the yard to the house. There was no backyard. Miriam saw. There are valleys north of here, rivers with lots of fish. Maybe I'll take you some day. He unlocked the front door and let her into the house. Rashid's house was much smaller than Jalil's. But, compared to Miriam and Nana's Kolba, it was a mansion. There was a hallway, a living room downstairs, and a kitchen where he showed her pots and pans and a pressure cooker and a kerosene-ish top. The living room had a pistachio-green leather couch. It had a rip down its side that had been clumsily sewn together. The walls were bare. There was a table, two cane-seat chairs, two folding chairs, and in the corner, a black cast-iron stove. Miriam stood in the middle of the living room, looking around. At the colba, she could touch the ceiling with her fingertips. She could lie in her cot and tell the time of the day by the angle of sunlight pouring through the window. She knew how far her door would open before its hinges creaked. She knew every splinter and crack in each of the thirty wooden floorboards. Now all those familiar things were gone. Nana was dead, and she was there, in a strange city, separated from the life she'd known by valleys and chains of snow-capped mountains and entire deserts she was in a stranger's house with all its different rooms and its smell of cigarette smoke with its unfamiliar cupboards full of unfamiliar utensils its heavy dark green curtains and a ceiling she knew she could not reach the space of it suffocated miriam pangs of longing bore into her for nana for mola fazola for her old life then she was crying what's this crying about rasheed said crossly He reached into the pocket of his pants, uncurled Miriam's fingers, and pushed a handkerchief into her palm. He lit himself a cigarette and leaned against the wall. He watched as Miriam pressed the handkerchief onto her eyes. "'Done?' Miriam nodded. "'Sure?' "'Yes.' He took her by the elbow, then, and led her into the living room window. "'This window looks north,' he said, tapping the glass with the crooked nail of his index finger. "'That's the Asme Mountain directly in front of us. See?' And to the left, that's the Ali Abad Mountain. The university is at the foot of it. Behind us, east, you can't see from here, is the sheer Darwaza Mountain. Every day at noon, they shoot a cannon from it. Stop your crying now. I mean it. Miriam dabbed her eyes. That's one thing I can't stand, he said, scowling. The sound of a woman crying. I'm sorry. I have no patience for it. I want to go home, Miriam said. Rashid sighed irritably. A puff of his smoky breath hit Miriam's face. I won't take that personally, this time. Again, he took her by the elbow and led her upstairs. There was a narrow, dimly lit hallway there, and two bedrooms. The door to the bigger one was ajar, though Miriam could see that it, like the rest of the house, was sparsely furnished. Bed in the corner with a brown blanket and a pillow, a closet, a dresser. The walls were bare except for a small mirror, where she closed the door. This is my room. He said she could take the guest room. I hope you don't mind. I'm accustomed to sleeping alone. Miriam didn't tell him how relieved she was, at least about this. The room that was said to be Miriam's was much smaller than the room she'd stayed in at Julia's house. It had a bed, an old gray-brown dresser, a small closet. The window looked into the yard and beyond that, the street below. Rashid put her suitcase in a corner. Miriam sat on the bed. You didn't notice, he said. He was standing in the doorway, stooping a little to fit. "'Look on the window sill. "'You know what kind they are? "'I put them there before leaving for Herat. "'Only now Miriam saw a basket on the sill. "'White two roses spilled from its sides. "'You like them? "'They please you?' "'Yes. "'You can thank me then.' "'Thank you. "'I'm sorry.' Tushakor, "'You're shaking. "'Maybe I scare you. "'Do I scare you? "'Are you frightened of me?' "'Miriam was not looking at him, "'but she could hear something slyly playful "'in these questions, like a needling.' She quickly shook her head in what she recognized as the first lie in their marriage. No? That's good, then. Good for you. Well, this is your home now. You're going to like it here. You'll see. Did I tell you that we have electricity? Most days and every night? He made it as if to leave. At the door, he paused, took a long drag, crinkled his eyes against the smoke. Miriam thought he was going to say something, but he didn't. He closed the door, left her alone with her suitcase and her flowers.